a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. There's been some extraordinary stories, some great highlights, some real lowlights and and difficult moments. Uh, But there's always lessons to be learned in all of that. And to me, that is what the Olympic Games are all about. It's these uh, principles uh, of overcoming adversity, of just being gritty and determined, uh, having a positive attitude and the right kind of focus and, and that teamwork, the camaraderie. Uh, all of those things are, are woven in. And so I want to get to a uh, a specific example uh, from uh, the Olympics, and, and it's with the, the biathletes. And if you're not a, a big-time Winter Olympic fan, uh, the biathletes are extraordinary. <laughs> they are basically cross-country skiing as fast as they can and then stopping to shoot targets along the way. And they, they teach us a really critical principle, and it's this power of the space between. So uh, a biathlete, again, is going all out, fast dash on cross-country skis, followed by these quick stops, and they fire shots at targets. And the transition from going full speed in motion sprint to a space that is settled and still in order to hit a 1.6-inch target uh, is not an easy maneuver, as you can imagine. Uh, Sarah Studebaker-Hall was a two-time Olympic biathlon competitor for the United States, and she gave a, an awesome example of what it's like uh, to be a biathlete. Uh, she said it's like running up several flights of stairs as fast as you can possibly go and then stopping and trying to thread a needle. Uh, so imagine that. That's how hard it is to be going that fast and then stop and be still enough to hit a 1.6-inch target. Uh, the best biathletes uh, are known for being able to quickly slow their heart rate down and quiet their mind. Uh, they say they are so precise that they can get so still and so focused that they can actually pull the trigger on the shot in the space between heartbeats. Uh, that's a real focus. And Olympic gold is usually found in that hidden space in between. And so I want to explore that space in between. I think we miss a lot of our lives and a lot of the important moments because we miss that space in between. Uh, Dr. Wayne Dyer uh, once framed it this way. He said, it's been said that it's the space between the bars of the cage that holds the tiger. It's the silence between the notes that makes the music extraordinary. It's out of the silence or the gap or the space between our thoughts that everything is created including our own bliss. So I'm one of those who really believes that the space between uh, can be a transformational place for us individually, for relationships, for organizations, for families, even for communities. And I think the, the wisest of individuals have learned that real life is what happens in between all the things we think we're doing to create the life we think we want. So life is not this checklist thing. It's not a destination. Uh, The exhaustion and discontent we often feel is the result of our never-ending chase of the buzzes, the beeps, the tweets, 
the meetings, the messages, the texts, the endless line of to-dos, and that constant stimulus of technology often prevents our discovery of the depth, the meaning, the substance that we can find in the stillness of the in-between. So think about that in-between. A big fan of of Viktor Frankl, Holocaust survivor, uh, extraordinary thinker. But he taught the space in between is what differentiates humans from all the other animals. In fact, he wrote in his classic uh, Man's Search for Meaning, he said this, between stimulus and response, there is a space. In that space is our power to choose our response. In our response lies our growth and our freedom. The ultimate freedom is found in that space. There's, there's something ennobling and empowering and freeing about that space in between where we get to actually choose. Now, when I talk with young people around the country, I always emphasize that they need to be lifelong learners. We talk about that on this show a lot, uh, which goes way beyond just formal education of high school or college degrees. And I often tell young people that the real learning, the real learning that you're after happens in between, learning is is what really matters. So I always suggest that when they're reading good books or religious texts or, or any important work, that they read what is not the ink on paper or image on a screen, but it's what's in the white space. It's it's in that white space. It's it's easy to read the words. It's not too big a challenge to to see the black ink on the paper, the letters on the screen. The real challenge, the real task is to read for meaning, for intent, for ideas, for deeper wisdom, not just information. Uh, and that's where the magic of reading really happens, in my view, where knowledge is transferred to memory and moments of inspiration are actually created. You see, learning rarely occurs at the time of the reading or even the hearing. It takes place in that space in between. Uh, That's also important in terms of the dynamics of our relationships. Uh, They don't happen between people. Relationships occur in between. It's that in-between space. Uh, Relationships are are not all about the tasks and to-dos and events and even the interactions. It's focusing on being one in the in-between moments that matters in that relationship. Uh, And how often do we just focus on process or projects or commitments uh, or scheduling, learning to be present and, and not listening to just words or phrases, but listening for meaning and intent, uh, that's the in-between of a conversation. That's the game changer. And those skills are, are hard. They don't just, they don't just happen. You got to be very intentional about that. So getting in that in-between space, just the way a biathlete can pull that trigger in between heartbeats, it changes so many things in our lives. And if we're always chasing the activities and the motion, uh, the endless meetings, all of that, we're not going to find that meaning in the in-between. Uh, my good friend and, and mentor, Dr. Dennis Waitley, uh, he talked about that in-between this way. He said, people are so busy living with their spouses, they don't time take time to build a meaningful marriage or a relationship. People are so busy living with their children, they don't take time to build an individual. People are so busy with their jobs or work, they don't take time to build a career, a business, a passion, or a future. People are so busy living life, uh, they don't actually take time to build a life. 
And so it's that in-between space. Uh, that's where the magic happens. Uh, it, it is what happens in between. I think uh, Dr. Dyer got it right, that it is the space in between, the silence between the notes that makes the music. Uh, it's that gap or that space between our thoughts that everything is created, including our own bliss. So learn from the biathletes today. Get in between. You'll find there's a lot of great stuff in there. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us here on KSL News Radio Inside Sources. And as always, as you go out into the world today, make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. In October of 1985, a woman named Cherie Warren left work at a busy Salt Lake City office. To meet her estranged husband at a downtown auto dealership. She never made it home. Cherie's car surfaced weeks later in Las Vegas. In the parking lot of a hotel casino. No one knows how it got there. Strange. It was strange. Both Cherie's estranged husband and her boyfriend raised suspicion for investigators. I kind of thought that he might have done something. But no arrests were ever made. In Cold Season 3, we dig into double lives, make new connections in the case, and examine the difficulty raised by reasonable doubt. We want answers just as much as anyone else. They have creeps like that now, too, so nothing's changed. That's the new Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie. Now available anywhere you get your podcasts.